Hi, I'm Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Thursday, the 29th of March. Coming up in today's show, I've got a, a real treat for all of those who are into their technology companies. I interview Alex Fuhr, who is a software entrepreneur, a conference organizer in the tech space, and perhaps most uh, well known for his uh, role as publisher of uh, Red Herring magazine, uh, the the business technology magazine that very much focuses on the the entrepreneurial and the investment opportunities uh, of the tech space in the U.S. and indeed around uh, the rest of the world, including Europe. Uh, Red Herring produce each year um, for the last three at least a Euro 100 list, a list of, in its view, the top 100 European technology-based startups or companies. And uh, I, it's a fascinating conversation with uh, Alex Fuhr about uh, the list and about the space, the technology space and the venture capital space for technology startups in, in Europe as a whole. So well worth listening to, and I hope you enjoy that. I also have a good number of comments and the usual roundup of listener views, feedback, and a few new things to announce and to talk about very briefly. So one of those new things is I have set up a, for listeners who are maybe familiar with the Frapper map, which is all very nice, and I encourage you to, to put your photo on the Frapper map and tell us where you are, where you're listening from. Always good to put faces to names and names to faces. But um, I've also thought and been asked frequently by listeners to put together sort of forums or, or some kind of space where listeners can interact more on a, on, on a, a personal basis. And I've done that. Um, they'll, you'll be familiar with a piece of, potentially familiar, maybe not, with something called Ning.com. And Ning is a kind of do-it-yourself MySpace, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And I've set up a small biz pod Ning community site, if you like, so you can network with each other. There are forums, there are ways of interacting, there are ways of adding video, there are ways of adding your own podcasts even. So check it out, really interesting. I think it's going to evolve into something really good and cool uh, and can help listeners get in touch with each other. If you've got a need that somebody else who listens to Small Biz Pod can service or can help you with, then I think the Ning site is potentially uh, well worth checking out now uh, when you visit you'll probably see two or three people there at the moment but i hope that will grow quite rapidly and the address for the uh, i'll put a link in the show notes and also on the website smallbizpod.co.uk itself but if you want the direct link it is smallbizpodnet.ning.com at least i think that's right if it isn't i'm sure you'll let me know now just before we go into the interview with Alex Vieux of Red Herring, I would like to just draw your attention to the new Small Biz Pod blog. If you go to smallbizpod.co.uk forward slash blog or just click on the blog button at the smallbizpod.co.uk homepage, it'll take you through to uh, the, the blog. Now, some of you will know I've been writing a, a bit of a blog off and on for quite a long while and uh, had sort of the end of last year uh, started writing more regularly but I'm really really pleased to say as I think I've mentioned before that I've got a, a couple of excellent journalists and uh, a future star blogger 
on board to contribute on topics such as marketing, technology, franchising, IT. It's David Tebbett, who some of you will know, um, very well-respected technology journalist in the UK. Um, Guy Clapperton, who's written for many years on uh, small business and, and finance issues, as well as a little bit on technology, and he's covering off franchising. Uh, you may have read some of his work in The Guardian and the FT. Um, and then Sarah Scott, who is a blogger who has just started blogging. She's a, a, a bit of a marketing expert. And well, she's, she is a marketing expert. She's not a bit of a marketing expert. And uh, I think she's going to be a bit of a future blogging star for us. Now, if you potentially think that you may be a blogging star of the future, do drop me a line. And if you've got something interesting to say, maybe we can work some of your uh, posts into the new Small Biz Pod blog. But drop me a line at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. I always really appreciate feedback, as you know. If you want to leave feedback on anything that strikes you from any of the interviews on any of the episodes of Small Biz Pod, if you have any thoughts on Alex Viewers' comments and commentary, which you'll be hearing shortly on technology and entrepreneurship in Europe or in the UK in the venture capital climate, then do uh, drop me a line or you can leave a comment on the Small Biz Pod blog or uh, you can send me an audio comment, just uh, an MP3 file, record it quickly, uh, send it across or by far easier if you want to leave a comment is simply to go to the smallbizpod.co.uk homepage ring one of the numbers that are local to you on the contact section and leave me a message on my voicemail and I'll get that played in the show. So I think I've been waffling on for long enough. Let's get into the interview with Alex Vier on the Euro 100, yeah, Red Herrings Euro 100 of uh, top technology companies in Europe. So I started by asking Alex about how Red Herring selected the Euro 100 and its experience of running these uh, top lists of technology companies, both in, in the U.S. and in Europe? So the first point is that this is, we have been doing that for, the Red Herring has been doing that uh, 10 times in the States and three times in Asia and in Europe. So we start to have a pretty good idea year after year of what are the companies uh, that have a good reason to make it in among the 100 and why some don't make it yeah and and why they're the um, what are the criteria for success and um, and how companies go from that stage to the next stage mm. uh, we however there is nothing cast in stone uh, a red airing 100 it doesn't mean that you become the next Google no. Nor the lack of, uh, or the fact that you have not been chosen in the Red Air 100 does not imply that you will not become a public company two years down the road. Now, just, just for clarity for listeners, how in effect are the 100 chosen? The 100 are chosen, are, uh, are selected across a few criteria. Some of them are the, uh, the companies which are uh, pro producing revenues, uh, the technology, the, uh, the value of the IP, the disruption created by the IP, 
the disruption created by the business model, the and quality of the VC, yeah. the, 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 the nature of the business, and is it a business in full growth? Uh, is it a business which has reached break-even in all the financial metrics? Uh, is it a business that's $1 million making profit, or is it a um, uh, uh, 20% profit, or is it a, a business at $200 million making making profits? These are two different uh, equations, and how do all those things com- uh, combine? Right. And, um, I mean, in terms of making judgments about you know the value of IP, is that is that done by red herring staff, or do you have a panel? No, we have a group of uh, the the red herring uh, journalists and editorial staff uh, makes makes the votes on it. Okay. Okay. Fine. Um, and each of the journalists vouchers for a few companies, and some of those win, some of those don't. They they fight each other and they hate each other for three days and after that, reconcile. Okay, so when a, when a company like Fon from Spain doesn't get in, um, that's just sort of someone somewhere along the line uh, failed to uh, punch their way to, during the editorial meeting, is that it? Well, you know, if I were to, to vote on the editorial 100, all the companies I would uh, recommend would not be taken. So it tells you that it depends on the weight of the person within the organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so what do you think are the, um, the vital characteristics of a 100 company? You will excuse me for being so basic, but the vital element of a company which succeeds in the 100 is the speed and the growth rate they achieved after break-even. There are two types of companies uh, which uh, succeed. It's the companies which have high growth and the companies which have high, high profitability. But one way or another, the crossroad of those two segments uh, is really how fast you go and reach break-even. And yeah. we try to have companies which are going to be on a profitable path because we learn from the bubble that companies which are unprofitable don't succeed. Well, I mean, I think... Um, uh, <laughs> As after 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 the last bubble, um, I think everyone is um, very much more focused on on real profit rather than dream profits. <laughs> yeah, but more importantly, we know that critical mass is very important as well. Yeah. So a company which is just going to be reaching critical mass at ten million is not a company that we feel has a chance to become a player in the marketplace. Remember that we. Spotted Google in in 2000. We spotted Salesforce. We spotted the VeriSign. Every year we spotted SourceFire. Out of the, the IPO which have gone out, um, we have six or seven of the IPO which have gone out in the past three months, which are IPO that were in the red airing 100 uh, uh, companies. So somehow we we we're starting to be pretty good at uh, at. Uh, Spotting and uh, scouting the companies a little bit earlier than most, yeah. and that's a pretty good quality. Yeah. Uh, this is a red herring. That is a rare part of the red herring DNA. Now it's interesting that uh, it brings me on to um, interesting point to make in relation to U.S. startups, U.S. IPOs, and EU and, and UK IPOs and, and startups in this sector. 
somebody has once once quipped that if Bill Gates had uh, had founded Microsoft in the UK, he'd be running, he'd still be running the biggest software company in Swindon rather than in the world. <laughs> Uh, because mm-hmm. ambition and uh, rapidity of growth for technology companies in in Europe seems very unlike those that are, are found in Silicon Valley, and you name Google as the most uh, most striking example. But you, you know, equally, Salesforce dot com, Verisign, and others that you've mentioned. And, and you know, I have Alex. I've been for twenty, almost twenty three years here in this country. Twenty, and one thing I realized. Uh, it is obvious that when you are in Europe, you cannot scale the way you scale in America. Yeah. When you scale in America, you scale from Silicon Valley East or from the East to Silicon Valley, but you have a 280 million people to cater to. Yeah. When you scale in Europe, the maximum you can do is 85 million people in Germany, and now you have to go and change your equation and go to France. Yeah. Where yeah. And if you're UK, you have seventy something million. And if you're, if you go from the UK to Spain, you have to forget about it and change not only your DNA but change the whole company. Yeah. And <laughs> so, but equally though, I mean, arguably, however, there are... however, I want to say that there are a few phenomenons which are happening that I'm mentioning in a few in a few days mm. uh, at the Red in Europe. One of them is that there there's there. Are, there are things which are changing in Europe. One of them is cross-boundary financing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that is that Wellington Partner or Amadeus or Axel, big firm, venture firm, mm. are investing in Germany, their home country, or England, their home country, but investing in other parts of the of Europe. Yeah, and the Americans are investing, whether it's Draper Fisher, but they are investing in different countries than the UK, although they are they are based in the UK. Yeah, yeah, and and you're starting to see Israeli firms, for venture firm, investing in Europe. So that gives them a chance, those companies, to have roots. And you see even Riva in Garcia having a couple in, in Spanish venture firm having a couple of firms uh, uh, portfolio companies in um, in, in France mm. or a Greek venture firm which is called NBGI which has portfolio companies in the UK. So uh, I'm just giving you example of a cross boundary phenomenon that I did not see from the supply side of money, yeah. not even from the operational side. Yeah, yeah. But by definition, it is rooted in two aspects. One is that all those funds start to have people from other nationalities working for them. And as importantly, uh, they start to have a, a group of CEOs who have either been around the block or are finding themselves uh, having rolled out products for international American companies, American international companies mm. across Europe and being VP Europe, they know how to find the resources to roll out product around Europe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when you are capable of rolling out uh, from France to Germany because you are VP Europe for Cisco, Microsoft, HP, or whoever it is, you have kept or son, you have kept a network of VP sales or director, local general manager of France, Italy, and Spain, and you call those people and say up and you say, Why don't you work with me? Yeah. And that's why it's becoming easier for those CEOs to roll out their product pan European. And that doesn't mean that it's as easy 
have to roll out a product in the U.S., uh, no. I would, I, it is not the case. The second source of progress that I see is the fact that you have much more diversity. Diversity in two dimensions. Mm -hmm. One is that you, if you look at the Red Herring 100, you have companies which are mobile 3.0, uh, or, or uh, MMVO companies, multiplayer uh, 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 online games, or companies which are traditional communication uh, uh, rollout companies, uh, Wi-Fi, whatever it is, or companies which are in the security, but also solar companies and battery companies and uh, intelligent medical implants companies, yeah. and and you find all these companies coming from Switzerland to Finland to Israel to Spain to uh, open source company from Spain. I would have never imagined if you had told me, and I've been surveying this industry for so many years, imagining that a company that would do does open source like uh, Bitrock would come from Spain, right? Mm, mm. Uh, and uh, and that is pretty cool. Uh, that uh, that so I'm pretty I'm pretty enthused by by what I see. So I, I am I am I am extremely happy to see all those things, uh, the, the the diversity. Uh, and and there's another thing that I told you is that the fact that there is a, a diversity of entrepreneurs. Before we used to have a first generation entrepreneurs. There's a group. No, a big number of entrepreneurs who are in the second generation act. It's their second act, not the first act. Yeah. They have done it before. And so what is going to happen almost automatically, because I've written about this sector for more than 20 years, people who do a second act always aim higher and have bigger goal and bigger objective and bigger target in sales and revenue and size mm. for the company than before. Mm. They take the first money and they run because they made fifty, hundred million dollars. But the second act, they say, oh, let me go further. A, because they don't need the money, and B, because they think that if they could run a mile, they can run the three miles. You know, when you run yeah, yeah. Uh, one, you know, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. So they feel that they have enough energy left under their foot, right? Yeah. So that is that is a, the, the great thing which is happening, and obviously in the 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 the, the fact that you have uh, you have uh, a linkage between the labs, you know, the universities, mm. the venture capital, and the entrepreneurial fabric. Those four things are tied and more tied today than they used to be. Uh, I'm really impressed by the fact that now labs are opening the kimono and are enabling their researchers to bring to market ideas which would have remained in a closet. Yeah. yeah you, know, you know, as I know, that the internet was not invented in the U.S. No. And, but at the CERN in Switzerland. And, but it took, a, it, it took a, a, a while before it crossed the Atlantic. But now they don't need to cross the Atlantic anymore to reach the marketplace. They are going around and there are great things which are being done. So I'm very happy to see some mini CERN and uh, some mini Stanford, some mini MITs. So that is something that I'm very proud of to see that the universities have understood that they are not just spending taxpayers' money for this, but to create a future.
So if we, um, I mean, obviously UK this uh, this time around uh, has, for what it's worth, more companies, more businesses on the list than than before in the last previous three years. I mean, it's twenty four coming out of the UK. Any is there a is the UK currently going through a hot phase? No, I think that you know there is a strict line between the amount of the amount of venture capital which exists, yeah, the amount of intellectual power which is driven both by immigrant scientific and local scientific, the amount of intellectual property which is created in the university, mm. the, the, the age and the vision of the venture capitalists because you have a lot of venture capitalists in the UK who have been seasoned entrepreneurs or like Amadeus and Herman Hauser, people who have done it before, mm. two or three times, and they have done Cambridge Silicon Radio, they have done the other companies, right? So they have been very successful um, already 10 years ago. And so there's no secret that those people who are still in the business, although now they are the first generation of VCs, now they're in the third or fourth life, and they're the fifth or sixth fan, uh, those people have... Uh, they are they are pushing the they are pushing the UK ahead of everyone. It's it's also important to know that the UK has a great advantage compared to most. Uh, it is the fact that the UK is capable of creating uh, a market in the US far more easily yeah. than companies. Yeah. Right. Which comes and back to the scalability issue. I mean, uh, the you know, Google. You, you say, well, the likes of Google have uh, 250 million or whatever it is um, population to to scale to rapidly. But uh, the UK English language. I mean, we do it in music. <laughs> you know, yeah, pop pop music. Uh, crosses crosses the cultural the cultural boundaries and and indeed if you look at something like last fm um i suspect that that has has reached the scale that it has done thanks to uh, huge adoption by by the american market mm-hmm. um and uh, do you see can you can you pick out any any of the the euro 100 that you think are going to crack america huh. <laughs> uh well, let me tell you that if you had looked at it from our view, from our binoculars in 2004 when we put Skype yeah. on the map, people thought we were crazy. <laughs> and not only we put it on the map, we put it on the front cover of the magazine. Yeah. We said this is going to be the next thing. Today, uh, on, on Tuesday, uh, it was announced that Skype had its most successful quarter yet and because of China and it is a Luxembourg based company which yeah. has managed to have almost uh, 70 or 80 million people in China yeah. so <laughs> we are talking about a great European success yeah. now should I talk about 100 company versus another? No, there are 24 in the UK um, each of them has good reason to be there, each of them has uh, their challenges uh, among those, you will have some which will become the great companies, great great public companies, some of them which will not be able to execute, and you will have in between some which will be acquired and some of those which will be which will be hovering around the, the, the break even point and it will happen. You know, there it's always a very Darwinian process. Mm. Let's not forget that the way you run those type of businesses 
is to be sure that A, you survive, B, you grow, C, you become profitable, and D, you remain focused. But isn't speed now of the utmost essence? Growing, growing, that all of the above is to, 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 to accelerate. When do we find out who wins, or does anyone win? <laughs> who, who comes out top? Do you decide, or is it just a, is, is it just a, a well, list the, the of 100? The first one among the top 100? Yeah. We, 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 to use an expression that I heard yesterday, it's a very collegial process. Yeah. So we only have the college of, uh, of uh, cardinals. We don't know who's the pope among the 100 uh, winners. Okay, so we will have to wait the, uh, the smoke above the red herring offices before we, before we can... Uh, when, does that, when does the smoke emerge? <laughs> that doesn't happen. That doesn't it happen. It doesn't happen. Because, oh. <laughs> that doesn't happen. Fine. That so uh, happen. It, it, it's not going to be last FM then? <laughs> that, that's what happens. Okay. The marketplace decides, right? Okay. <laughs> In the end, it's only the marketplace. You imagine the embarrassment of us saying this company is great and next year the company gets acquired oh, I know, for 20 but, million. But that's the risky so, business you're in, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, but we are not in the predicting business. No, no, we I are know, in no. the evaluation business. I, so. I appreciate it. I'm teasing you, really. Um, no, um, but I, that's the reason why I'm answering back. And, uh, you know, we have been very careful. Uh, this work has been done by utmost professional. We are very cautious and humbled by the quality of the companies that even are not selected. And we are even more humbled because we know that among the companies which have not been selected, there are some great gems, uh, great entrepreneurs and great teams which are working yeah. and which are going to make put us to shame because we didn't choose them. So yeah. uh, based on that, we're not going to add insult to injury to go to, a, to another set of, of selection and try to to put ourselves uh, and throw ourselves out in terms of, of decency. Yeah, I think you're very wise. Um, and if you were able to do that successfully, you shouldn't be in the publishing game. You should be in the venture capital game. So there well, we are. Well, and I think that venture capitalists don't know far better than we do. No, no, <laughs> possibly not. <laughs> okay, um, Alex Viewer, thank you very much for, uh, for joining you. me thank today. Thank you, Alex. I look forward to talking to you. And Catherine and I, thank you very much for your time. So it was good talking to Alex and also to Catherine Hansen from Red Herring there. Uh, I will put links in the show notes to the list of the Euro 100 companies um, in the UK. It includes companies like uh, Last FM, which we mentioned and discussed, but uh, also the likes of Zubka, uh, Zoppa, uh, Truphone, Where Are You Now Limited, and uh, a lot of others too, 24 others. And I'll, I'll put links, as I say, into the show notes for those of you interested in taking a look at those. Also planning on potentially interviewing quite a number of those uh, technology startups and te well, startups, technology companies, successful technology companies over the next few months. So, uh, hope some of you will look forward to those interviews too. And uh, also, if you want to keep pace with the European technology scene, do check out uh, an excellent blog written by Sam Sethi and Mike Butcher at vicosis.com. Now, on to quickly some comments from uh, listeners to uh, small biz pod shows over the last uh, week or so or a couple of weeks and um, first of all uh, i would like to mention daniel who says 
Hi, Alex. How are you? I've been listening to the podcast for about six months now and have to thank you all for the entertainment and education you provided for me. You asked for listeners to suggest the 30 second facts that could help small businesses. So I thought I'd offer one. Now, in fact, this was uh, a thought offered by another Raja Seeker, I think, an Indian listener to Small Biz Pod, suggested it might be quite a good idea to have a sort of 30 second fact spot. I ha- had, to be honest, forgotten about it. But Daniel has come up with a good 30 second fact. He says google.co.uk allows you to limit your search results to only show pages from the UK. Here are the three ways you can make sure your website appears in the pages from the UK search. Use a UK.uk domain name. If you don't have a .uk domain name, make sure your site is hosted on a server in the UK. If you can't do either of the above, buy Google AdWords ads for your brand-related terms. Any of the three above will get you in there. Uh, that's great. Uh, I'm sure there are other ways too with Google Local I think are putting local searches up in overall Google related searches and that's something to look into I would subscribe to the Google Local uh, map uh, and put your business details on there because local search is going to become more important and even on a generic google.com search even if you've got a .com address, if your business address and location is listed, the person searching for it is more likely to find it if you're registered with the sort of Google local uh, maps interface. So uh, do that. I'll put a link to the show notes on how you go about doing that. But anyway, yeah, good 30-second tip turned into slightly more than 30 seconds, but thanks, Daniel. Uh, and then a comment from David Hargreave, who says, I'll keep it short, a great show just came across it getting into podcasts through using Thunderbird RSS feeds instead of using Outlook and also through having recently started a small photographic business from home. Really enjoy listening to Small Boys Pod on the way through town, driving to the airport, etc. And I'm working my way through the shows from the beginning now after enjoying the last few you've produced with all your networking my enterprise site links and rss feeds of your interviews are growing great informal style of the show and i like the structure too distinctive and quite moorish all round great well done and good luck with developing things at your end just an as- and then he goes on as an aside to talk about um, how to uh, handle skype is skype good uh, is there a good skype phone out there and uh, I recommended one to him. It says, thanks for all you're doing. Informative and freely encouraging to others. Now, you don't find that often in the UK, do you? I will frap your map when I get a chance. I like that. Frap your map. If you want to frap my map, please do. Or, um, I don't know, swing my Ning. <laughs> Ning.com. Go to smallbizpodnet.ning.com if you want to join a kind of community of small biz pod listeners and interact with each other see who can help each other uh, think it's going to be a good community and also don't forget to go to the blog at smallbizpod.co.uk forward slash blog and you should subscribe to that as well as the podcast quick comment from russell barton in western australia who you'll remember was commenting uh, in the last couple of shows and he says I promise I will leave you alone Alex which is no no problem at all I can be bothered I don't mind being bothered uh, however often you bother me and you aren't bothering me anyway Russell um, no luck on finding someone to help with bits on my blog he is basically looking for a blog designer who is familiar with the blog software Squarespace now I'm not if there are any listeners who are designers web designers or familiar with Squarespace and who would like a job redesigning russell's blog then get in touch send me an email at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk and i'll forward it to russell 
Then, quick comment from Lee, who is a director of a small IT business and is uh, cheekily asking for a link to his blog. Well, Lee, it's a blog on investment, um, which is probably a little bit relevant in some cases to small business owners if they've, if they've made it big. Uh, I'll put a link. You can go and check it out for yourself, see what you think. And then um, a quick point from Paul, uh, who is responding to Michael Smith's request looking for advice on food franchising franchising operations. And and, um, Paul, uh, who is in fact Paul Scott from Yorkshire Business Growth, um, suggests going towards business-partnership.co.uk, an organisation that buys and sells businesses and has a lot of franchises on its books. So I will uh, direct... Uh, Michael to that again I'll put links in the show notes and then finally I just wanted to say if any of you out there have any questions in terms of market research uh, I'm planning a podcast together with um, Surinda Sayama who runs the research talk and marketing talk podcasts so we're going to do a joint podcast potentially on the issue of market research as it relates to entrepreneurs and startups from planning and business planning. So if you have any questions that you think we should address in that podcast, do drop me a line at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. And that is just about it. Other than to say um, thank you to the guys, Jason Dainter in particular, um, at Leeds Inventure, uh, a, a group of entrepreneurs in based in Leeds who are uh, interested in Small Biz Pod are kindly hosting some episodes. And if you want to host any episodes of Small Biz Pod on your blog or your website uh, to add interest and stickiness to your site, potentially, then just drop me a line and I'm sure we can sort something out as long as you link to the files on my server. So there we are. Now, on to my choice of music. Uh, The track that I've chosen today is from a band... Well, a band, a a group of artists called, uh, if I can find them, Northbound. And this track is called Funny Stones. (laughs) 